I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, Foo followers. Do you like the show Cobra Kai? Well, both seasons of the excellent Karate Kid spin-off series are now available on DVD in the UK, thanks to Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Cobra Kai sees Ralph Macchio and William Zabka reprise their roles from The Karate Kid as Danny LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence, and it continues the story 30 years after the events of the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament. We have teamed up with Sony Pictures Home Entertainment to give away three copies of the show on DVD in this month's competition. So, to be with a chance of winning a copy, simply sign up to our newsletter today at kungfumovieguide.com Full competition details will be announced in our next newsletter, which will be sent out on the 31st of May. So become a registered Foo follower today if you want to get your hands on both seasons of Cobra Kai on DVD. Okay, we have an action-packed double bill for you on today's show. I have two great conversations to share with you also. Without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight... Then I'll oblige. (laughs) Hello, 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 everybody. Foo followers around the world, wherever you are, tuning into this episode. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for listening. My name is Ben Johnson, the host of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thank you kindly for stopping by. This is episode 52 of the podcast, and we have a great episode to share with you today. We have not one, but two awesome guests on the show today. Coming up, I will throw over to my conversation with the martial arts action film star Scott Adkins, here making his fourth appearance on this very podcast. And this time around, we very much wanted to do something a little bit different to your standards interview, uh, given everything that's going on in the world right now. So I asked Scott if he wanted to share with us some of his favourite martial arts films, which not only did he do, but he also suggested a few lesser known or underappreciated films for people to go online and check out. So it's a little bit of a different format to your standard interview, but hopefully it's a conversation that you'll find uh, fun, but also quite helpful, particularly if you're stuck in lockdown and you're looking for some more cinematic inspiration. So hopefully you'll find some nice uh, recommendations in this episode of the show. So I will throw over to that conversation very soon. First of all, I wanted to share with you my conversation that I had with the awesome Maria Tran. So I've wanted to chat to Maria for quite a while now, and it was great to be able to spend a bit of time chatting to her. Maria is a kick-ass action star and an indie filmmaker based out of Sydney in Australia. She's worked with Jackie Chan for Bleeding Steel, 
She worked with Roger Corman for the film Fist of the Dragon, and she starred in films in China and Vietnam as well. And she also makes her own action short films, including the excellent Tiger Cops series, which I don't know if you're if you're unaware of what uh, Tiger Cops is, then you should definitely go online now and check it out. Tiger Cops is Maria's comedic homage to the 1980s Hong Kong action films that she loved as a child. It's brilliantly observed and she manages to recreate the the style and the feel of those films brilliantly. Um, So do go online and check that out. As a response to the global pandemic and what we're currently going through, Maria has quickly put together a brand new Tiger Cops short which is called Tiger Cop Toilet Paper Hero. It's a response to the panic buying that was going on initially when lockdown was announced. It's about seven minutes long and it's available now on YouTube. I will make sure that I add all all the links that we talk about here to the description of this episode, so you should be able to find a link to it there. It's very well done and it it sees Maria reunite with her longtime collaborator Adrian Castro and it also stars David Hong and Takashi Hara. Maria is also working with Takashi on her very first feature film. This film is called Echo 8 and she did manage to film quite a lot of it just before the lockdown kicked in and she's hopeful that the film will be completed later this year. Maria also runs the production company Phoenix Eye and she is uh, an incredible mentor for up-and-coming indie filmmakers based in Australia. She does a lot of uh, great work around helping and supporting people, particularly from minority backgrounds, and helping them to share their stories through film. So it was great to be able to chat to her for this episode of the show. That will also be coming up very shortly. As you can see, there's a lot to squeeze into today's show, so I won't talk too much now, other than I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who did get in touch with me following our previous episode. That was with Sarah Chang and Vincent Soberano. Quite a few people messaged me about the uh, box of Kung Fu DVDs that I found on the street here, uh, just around the corner. I took a photo of some of those DVDs, so if you were curious, you can go on our Twitter page. Uh, That's where I uploaded that photo. Our handle on Twitter is at KFMovieGuide. Twitter is a great place to go to if you do want to keep up to date with, you know, latest developments with this podcast, but also the latest news from around the world in relation to martial arts movies. We also have our Facebook and Instagram pages, so go and check those out as well. And if you do have any questions or comments or just something that you'd like to share with us, then we have our email address as well, and that is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. So there you go, plenty of ways to get in touch with the show. I'll leave it there for now. I will be back shortly to set up my chat with Scott Adkins. But before that, let's catch up with the great actor, director, producer, writer, fight choreographer, TV presenter, mentor and all-round awesome person. This was recorded over the internet a couple of weeks ago from her home in Sydney, Australia during the lockdown. So... Here we go. Here is my conversation with Maria Tran. Hello, 
I wanted to chat to you particularly in light of the new Tiger Cops short that's that's out there toilet paper hero uh, <laughs> toilet people paper can go <laughs> go online and watch it so this was very much a response to i guess the panic buying and all of that that was going on in in australia there was a pretty hilarious it well, was funny. there was a clip go, going around the internet wasn't there yeah no, that wasn't just like that was just one incident that was captured on camera like yeah. people were pretty crazy about the toilet paper like yeah. I would go into the local store and I'll see like we would have to like either call up the store and someone would tell us when the toilet paper truck was going to arrive and then to be yeah. there a certain time and to get ready to grab the toilet paper like literally it was a yeah, full, like action film, you know, just to yeah, get yeah, yeah. like a, a, like a toilet paper stack. So yeah, but now now it's different. It's like the toilet paper section is now filled up again. Yeah, so there, there are people out there who are trying to get refunds. So yeah, trying to go back to these supermarkets. No way, is that true? It is true. Like people oh are trying God. to get a refund from their their over purchased. Um, I guess of toilet paper and yeah. so I was like no <laughs> you guys deserve it <laughs> yeah so that was the inspiration then to return to Tiger Cops work with Adrian again and, and, and do all, all of that yeah to be honest with you like it would, uh, being in Australia like this not a, like in terms of film, action films and genre films, there's not a lot going on. So mm. I think after a while we kind of got a bit like, you know, itchy to sort of like, let's go yeah, back yeah. and do something, you know, kung fu martial arts and let's sharpen our martial arts and our uh, fight choreography skills and, and also work with new new people who we've never worked before. Mm. And it was just more of a, a passing comment that I gave to Adrian. Hey, Adrian, let's shoot something. And then he's like, I said, let's shoot something in the toilet with toilet paper and then he's like oh no let's let's add this story and that story and you know and next thing you know like within like a week or two we we decide to pull a crew together and 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 just shoot things and we did it pretty quick we shot it in a matter of about five hours and then edit it and put it online and we're hoping for it to be sent to like jackie chan and donnie yen and all our inspirations just to say hey look this is what we made we you know we're inspired by hong kong you know, 80s cinema and, and we just want to know that the next generation is still, you know, yeah. pretty much inspired by the works that were coming out during that time and, and that's yeah. why we collaborate. And the funny thing is we shot this in my, my dad's sunroom, which is really? like next. Yeah, so it's just like downstairs to where I live. So we're like, yeah. guys, let's quickly get over and, and shoot this before the lockdown is implemented. And pretty much within three days, the lockdown happened. So we're like, yeah. yes, we got this in the can, everyone. That's amazing. Yeah. The Tiger Cops premise, I mean, this goes back quite a few years now, doesn't it, Maria, from yes. that initial you know, trailer concept. So then you did the, the episodes with uh, ABC as well. So yes, if people aren't right. aware of the Tiger Cops thing, I mean, it's so good. It's so like on the money in regards to paying homage to homage. those 80s Hong Kong action films. I mean... I'm guessing you have a love for those films. Is that fair to say? 100%. I grew yeah. up like imagining myself as the the Jackie Chans and yeah. and the Donnie Yens and, you know, all those badass characters. It was just so much fun to watch in comparison to something like Neighbours or Home yeah. Away, which is like Australian soapies. And, and I just couldn't see myself. I couldn't identify my myself within those kinds of shows. But when it comes to Hong Kong 80s, 
I just feel like, you know, my generation, the kids, the parents, we all sat around and we all enjoyed watching these films. There was a particular craft when it comes to Hong Kong action cinema, like the yeah. choreography, the movement, the acting, there's a particular way to yeah. actually doing it. And how did you go about recreating that? Because you're absolutely right. There's the style of filmmaking and obviously the fight choreography, but then also the editing, but the sound yes. effects as well. I mean, you are completely nailed all yeah. of the, you know, the fight noises, all of that stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. So how did you how do you do that? Is it just a case of studying those those films? And <gasps> well, I'm I'm very grateful that I have Adrian Castro, who is yeah. a complete nutter. Like he, yeah. I think he would study movement to the T and the performance to the T, and he was able to perform it and show us. Yeah. And because he's quite supportive and he has a particular eye, we're able to sort of recreate the, those performances quite easily as well and i think there's a, a rhythm a rhythm to yeah. this, to the performance um to it it's sort of not one of those things where you're you're sitting on an emotion for too long it's just more like oh a gun you know it's a it's yeah. very breathy <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah like like very somewhat cartoony movements but at the same yeah. time there's a rhythmic rhythm uh, rhythm to the the choreography so myself and takashi we had to you know learn the choreography but also understand the rhythm of when the punches and the kicks are going to happen when to duck or when to to jump up and otherwise we will get hit <laughs> Is there an appetite for for that kind of filmmaking, action filmmaking in Australia then? It is still very difficult when yeah. it comes to um, the action martial arts genre. In Australia, it's a bit of a flavour of the month. Sure. And unlike other parts of the world, which it, it is a staple, I think in Australia, there's still not a lot of understanding of um how to make these types of films and like mm. there's a bit of a movement of independent filmmakers who are just doing it in their backyards and yeah, and actually yeah. making amazing stuff that are yeah. getting watched internationally so yeah. we are causing a bit of a stir personally for me I, you know i'm female i'm from a you know culturally diverse background and i love this genre and and i for me, like I'm pushing for this genre and, and I'm pushing for more women to get into this genre, to play yeah. in this genre. We need to figure out the genre first and collaborate and keep on consistently, you know, producing these small things for the rest of the world to see because we never know. Maybe that could lead like a producer or a production company somewhere in another country to go, hey, I know those guys, I want to work with them. You have worked in... China, you've worked in Vietnam as well. Have you ever thought about doing more work internationally in in that sense? Or I guess you're pretty... Yeah, okay. I'm I'm (laughs) happy to go, like, you know, where wherever like last year i was like hired to be the fight director for bell shakespeare's macbeth you know oh, and then played it yeah, yeah. and, and it was my first time doing theater like yeah. i had no clue but i learned quite quickly i'm very open to be traveling and and going places to to you know to work and it's not only that but i also feel like wherever i go whatever i learn i want to bring it back to all the creatives that i'm connected to to also give this information back to them so that would also help them as well you do a lot of sort of outreach stuff encouraging people to get into film industry whether that's acting or or behind the scenes as well what's the advice that you would tell someone who's looking to you know get into the industry i mean what sort of advice do you offer people i think um first and foremost like 
I think you are the vessel. Like you are the the entertainer. You are the convincer. Like I think yeah. if anything, if you want to make things a reality, if you want your ideas to be a reality, you also have to um, hone your connection skills, your communication skills, whatever it is you want to do. You kind of have to really you know, put yourself out there, put your energy out there. Yes, there will be doors that close um, in front of you, but you just find a way. I think if you're creative enough, for some reason there's a part of your brain that will always go, hey, there's another door. That door closed. There's yeah. four more doors behind the, that door. You know, like it's really cool if you're you're able to cultivate an optimistic and open mind. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many ideas go through your your headspace that could give you another opportunity all you need to do is find ways on how to to do it in your own way on a smaller scale first so once you're able to do that it's like the snowball will start to become bigger and bigger and then it'll start rolling down the hill next thing you know everyone will be knocking on your door and i really believe in that you know in my time of like when Jackie Chan came to Sydney and I got a chance to be invited yeah. to work on set. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Bleeding steel. Like I looked at him. Bleeding steel, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, I, I see why he's Jackie Chan. He has, you know, the level of optimism, like the, yeah. the energy level was, I thought I was always a bit crazy and hypo, right? When you meet Jackie, oh my God, he's 10 times hypo. Yeah. You know, like he's always singing, dancing and like, and karaoke and, and making jokes, yeah. and I realized. And helping out, he helps out on set a lot. Out. He doesn't. He goes yeah. way beyond what he really needs to. Well, what, what I've 100%. read about. Anyway. I saw. Yeah. I saw. I saw him picking up rubbish. I was picking up rubbish, and I saw him picking up rubbish yeah. opposite to me, watching me pick up rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And then I re- and I realized, you know what? If this is Jackie Chan. If he can do that, you know what? I'm giving myself permission to be who I am. Because I'm seeing someone else doing this, being yeah. down to earth, being giving, being kind, being caring, and being full of energy. I want to do that. Abbott, you better give up. Let's talk about Echo 8. This is a feature film. Did you work with Adrian on, on this project as well? This one, um, Adrian kind of came in to do some of the action. Yep. Um, I, I actually decided to to utilize Adrian less this time to see if yep. I could stick on my two free feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a- after talking to Elizabeth H. Vu, who's a writer, who's my sister, and she kind of like pushed me saying, Maria, if you don't make a feature, you're never going to make it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It started to eat in me. And I was like, you know what? I will. You know, write me a script and we'll, we'll, let's do it. And she produced a, you know, one location script, which is quite hilarious because we based it in my dad's house as he went away on holidays for several months in Vietnam. Yeah. And we shot like like many fight scenes in this one house and it's about a refugee migrant story. So it's kind of like how do you fit like an action genre with a refugee migrant story and a psychological thriller and yeah. action. But we've managed to do it, you know, and had a lot of fun on that one. It was quite stressing, but I realized instinctually myself and I shared the role with Takashi Hara, who <clears throat> it was his first time um, co co-directing and also co-acting and yeah. he's a slashy. So I think on my film shoots, everyone's kind of like multiple roles um, and, and, and it worked. We just basically need um, two more to shoot two more scenes, one big fight scene, 
and also a couple of drama scenes. So I think with the situation for Australia with the pandemic, it's starting to, the lockdowns are starting to ease up. Within about two, three months, I think we're probably going to hit that final shoot stage for that. And then that means we're ready to whip everything um, to the finishing line because we're editing, we've edited most of our scenes. We just need those final cool bits and it's 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 completed. And good action in this in this movie. It's a martial arts movie. Yeah, I think yeah. this one. I think it's kind of oh, it's more psychological. I think the storytelling is what people would probably be focusing on more. Um, yeah. In terms of the fight scene, like we were shooting stuff, and we're kind of like, oh, do we need it that long? Because we're so used to focusing f- on fight scenes that now yeah. we're like, actually. We're now having to focus more on story and performance and fight scenes are just there to supplement that. Yeah. So we're learning the opposite because usually when we shoot a short film, people just want to watch the fight scene because they go, oh, Marie's making stuff, her team's making stuff, wonder what the fight scene's going to be like. Yeah. Now it's com- we're learning the reverse. <laughs> Jumping straight into a feature film must have been quite a challenge. Were there, there were things that um, you, you learned along the way, I guess, in, yeah. in doing that? Yeah. Heaps. Yeah. I learned yeah. how hard it is to to direct and act, <laughs> especially yeah. Yeah. when it's not the Hong Kong genre. Yeah. Um, I'm so used to doing very 80s style acting that this one, sure. like, I have to be very, there, there are scenes where, oh my gosh, it's, it's like I have to be in that moment, like in yeah. very uncomfortable emotions and sit on that because the camera needs to see that. Mm. So I can't just you know, be in a very sad, dramatic moment and cut out. It, literally, that's what the camera's there for, to capture, capture this moment of this character. Yeah, so yeah. I really had to be quite, like, you know, militant with shots and all that. But at the same time, like, go, okay, when it comes to performance, I need to hand it over to my co-director who is going to, I have to let go of my position as a director and be the actor. So yeah. it, it's a bit of a juggle. And then I also realised how crap I am at producing it because <laughs> as a director, I'm like, okay, I need this and that. And then realising, oh, crap, I just added, like, a whole bunch of things and then you got the producer who's also Takashi going, wait, 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 it's not on the piece of paper. What's going yeah. on? I'm like, oh, but can't we? He's not. Nope, we can't shoot unless it's on the piece of paper. So I was like, oh, man, this is hard. But at the same time, I'm learning. You know, yeah. it was a steep learning curve. But I learned that, you know, it's so good to have other people who are smarter than you <laughs> on your team and yeah. who can actually manage you and tell you, Maria, we need this. Maria, you need to be here. Because I used to do that. Now I realize it's so much better when the team you have are like also your bosses or the people that you've cultivated in your your team are now telling you what is best for you. And that's when you know you've got something quite magical. And that if you keep on building this, that maybe, you know, just maybe in the future we we can create something that's sustainable. Mm. You know, and I want to create an industry of indie filmmakers in Australia who can come from culturally diverse backgrounds, and a lot of them don't can't afford film school. You know, a lot yeah. of them can't afford that. And and they're, they're sort of closet filmmakers or closet creatives. And, and, and they're a part of what I do because they go, you know what, if you can make it means it gives us more hope that we can make it. Maria, thank you so much for your time today. You're flying the flag for uh, action movies over there and that's uh, great. You're doing, you're doing great work. So keep it going. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much for this interview, Ben. You take care. Have a good day and stay safe over there. You too. Okay. Bye. I'd like to try you, Tank Style. Let's begin then. Maria Tran there. Really good to talk to Maria. I really enjoyed 
chatting to her. Her new short film is called Tiger Cop, Toilet Paper Hero. It's a martial arts response to the pandemic and it's pretty funny. In fact, all of the Tiger Cop shorts are worth checking out if you haven't already. She made that initial trailer and then she did the ABC series and all of that is available on YouTube now, so go and check it out. Also, I would thoroughly recommend Maria's TED Talk in which she goes into a bit more detail around her background and her journey to becoming a filmmaker. So I'll make sure I'll add a link to that too. We do wish her all the best with Echo 8. That's the feature film that she's working on and all the other amazing projects that she has in development. To get the latest Maria Tran information, you can visit her website, mariatran.com, and you can follow her on social media. She is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, it's Scott Adkins time. Scott's new movie is called Debt Collectors. This is a sequel to the 2018 film The Debt Collector. It's confusingly quite a similar title but anyway it sees Scott reunite with the great Australian actor Lewis Mandela and it is directed by longtime Scott Adkins collaborator Jesse V. Johnson. I've been told to hold back the review of this film until the 22nd of May so that is later this week so I'm not really sure how much I can say but I will just say that if you enjoyed the first Debt Collector film then you will thoroughly enjoy this sequel. I was lucky to be sent a link to the film by the American distributor Samuel Goldwyn Films. They are releasing the film on digital services from the 29th of May and on DVD from the 2nd of June. Here in the UK, there's a slightly different story. Uh, The film here is being called Payback, and uh, (laughs) this is all getting quite confusing, I know. It's called Debt Collectors in America, and it is called Payback here in the UK. Anyway, Payback will be released on digital in the UK on the 8th of June and on DVD from the 9th of July, courtesy of Dazzler Media. Scott and I do talk a little bit at the end about Debt Collectors and some of his other projects, but we are mostly discussing his favourite martial arts films of all time, some of which you'll probably be expected to hear and there are others which you may be surprised about so listen I wasn't given the list beforehand uh, so everything you do here in this conversation is purely spontaneous and off the cuff (laughs) but if you do want to seek out the films that are discussed here and you do want to watch them during lockdown then I will be back at the end of this conversation to just quickly run through where You can find these films, whether it's on DVD, Blu-ray or on digital here in the UK. So I do hope you enjoy this. It was great to catch up and chat to the always entertaining action film star, Scott Adkins. How are you doing at the moment? How are you coping with all this... um lockdown listen i'm i'm very lucky um my house is it's it's nice um i've got a nice space in the back garden and in the front and uh we're very lucky here 
but you know it, it does get difficult with the kids sometimes because i've got an, an eight a nine-year-old and she's being homeschooled at the moment and then we've got the the two-year-old boy and uh, yeah it does get a bit much sometimes but we've got a bit of space here and actually just before the whole thing kicked off um i had a little um climbing frame and a swing put in down the bottom of the garden nice uh, which I wasn't too sure about at the time, but that turned out to be great timing. So that really <laughs> yeah. helps. But I just, you know, I, I do think, you know, how hard it must be for some people that have got kids and, um, you know, they're all confined. You're still keeping fit and you're training as well at, at home. You're still keeping busy mentally and physically. I'll be honest, I've been eating a lot, yeah. which I shouldn't be. But yeah. there's nothing to do except eat. I mean, yeah. normally I'd, I'd get up and I, I would do um, like a 16-hour fast, so I'd, I wouldn't eat after dinner and I wouldn't then I wouldn't eat till lunch. But normally I would be able to get up in the morning, take the kids to school, go to the gym, keep myself yeah. busy, do things I've got to do, not really think about food until sure. it's time to eat. But all you can do is eat at the moment, it seems, which isn't great. But I have been keeping myself busy um aside from the kids doing some youtube videos tutorials and things like that yeah yeah that's really good do you want to do you want to uh, talk us through some of those well it's something that people have been asking me about for a long time and i used to yeah. teach kickboxing and i still do the old seminar every now and again yeah um and people kept saying come on do a tutorial but well i figured i i should at this point because i like to stay busy yeah. Um, so I've really gone for it with the YouTube channel just recently. I'm doing um, tutorials for some of my kicks and there's going to be some fitness stuff coming up. And also I've been doing like a retrospective of what I consider to be my top five best movies. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of stuff on there for people to go and check out, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah, been, been busy. It's great. It's great. And we should say that this lockdown kicked in just as you were starting filming on was Castle Falls. Is it had it already started or what? How far through it were you with that? We should say that's the Dolph Lundgren film. You're yeah. Working on. Yeah. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, me and Dolph. Dolph's directing it. Amazing. Um, good script. Uh, but yeah, it was the first day I was out there oh. for a week already. And but the first day we did half a day and then we got shut down. It was in Alabama. When we were first there, you know, this whole thing has escalated so quickly. Yeah. Um, America got a bit obviously later than Europe. So I kind of had a sense of what was going on a bit more than other people having come from Europe. Mm. Um, but in Alabama at the time when I got there, there was only about, well, there wasn't any cases when I first got there. Mm. And then by the time we'd done the week, first week's prep, they had about 10, 11, 20 cases. Um, and then yeah they shut us down on, on the yeah first that's frustrating yeah we didn't know if we could get back at the time i mean yeah because um the president had already cancelled anyone coming over from europe of course so but i thought well we can still get back but yeah it was touch and go i mean you didn't know what they were going to do what is it would it be the next day that you wouldn't be able to get home and all these unanswered questions and I'm contracted to do the movie, you know, I can't just up and leave. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't leave them in the lurch anyway. I'm not that type of guy. Uh, but you know, it was a, was an uncertain time and still is mm. like, who knows when we're going to get, get back there to finish it at the moment. We're all waiting. I mean, what happens on a film shoot when it stops so suddenly like that? Like you've still got to work out like everyone's calendars, you know, you've still got to find that time to get all the crew together, the cast together. 
I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it must be a nightmare. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll have your essential crew that yeah. will be needed, and then you know you'll get who you can get at the time and who's. Yeah, I, what will be the parameters of working on a film set now? Um, what things are going to change? Obviously, health and safety is going to be much more paramount. Mm. Um, I'm worried about the future of independent movies mm. because we're working on such tight schedules and budgets anyway that if you're going to, well, you're going to have to put some new things into play. Like, obviously, people are going to be wearing masks and gloves and yeah maybe even more so hazmat suits, I don't know. Mm -hmm. will, will you need to test people? Um, how much extra money is this going to cost? How much time of each day is it going to take? Yeah. Like, our, our crew members are going to have to come in staggered, they're talking about. How do you implement social distancing? Um, what if one of your actors gets COVID-19? Um, because mm -hmm. they can't wear masks and they have to be close to other actors. If it's a fight scene, you've got no choice there. So... It, it, it's really quite quite worrying, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no sign yet when the cinemas are even gonna <laughs> gonna reopen. So yeah, yeah. It's a it is a weird time, isn't it, Scott? Very strange, yeah. surreal, surreal. It's like it's like you're in Armageddon, mm. that Michael Bay film, and everyone's yeah. watching the TV for the meteor to come. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. How are you finding this time just mentally? I mean, are you someone who deals with isolation well? Is that something yeah. that you can well, deal with? Yeah. Every actor will be able to say that, yeah, we can deal with isolation because that's essentially what we've been doing for as long as you've had the career. I yeah. mean, I can't tell you how many places I've been to and hotels I've just spent so much time in on my own. Yeah. Because... You know, I remember going out to do Black Mass 2, which was my second film. Mm -hmm. And uh, the truth is that just as I was at the airport, my agent phoned me and he said, they've just phoned me up and they're not going to use you for two weeks, so they don't want you to get on the plane. But you have to get on the plane, Scott, because they're not going to pay you for two weeks if you don't. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. So I got on the plane. I shouldn't say this, but you know me, mate. I'm always honest. Yeah. I got on the plane and there was no one to pick me up and I had to find my own way to the hotel. And they'd actually changed the name of the hotel. So it was a miracle that I even got there. And I, I just stayed in my own in this hotel room for two weeks. Wow. Um, not really knowing anyone. Yeah. Uh, it was very depressing. But these are the things that have got me used to uh, uh, the uh, UK lockdown. But no, as I say, I've, I've, I'm quite lucky here. We're okay. I've killed many men with this pole. But still, I don't want to kill you yet. I thought this would be a nice thing for people listening as well, particularly if they're self-isolating, you know, everyone's watching movies. I thought it'd be nice to share some of your favourite martial arts films. Have you had a think about this? And, uh, I've had to think about films? it, mate. I've yeah. had to think about it. And I thought that because the list of my favourite martial arts films is going to be so generic and the same yeah. as so many other people's, what yeah. I've done is we're going to quickly gloss over my five not the best five but five of my chosen today favorite martial arts films yeah. <laughs> but then what i'm going to do for you is i'm going to give you five underappreciated martial arts film gems brilliant yeah. great yeah may, maybe people don't know about and they can check them out um we'll see we'll see awesome awesome okay scott well let's fire away then you've got a list there of the more generic ones that sort of everyone says uh, when it comes to favorite martial arts yeah. films yeah the number one 
best martial arts film ever made. There, there's no list. There's no order on this list. No order on this at all. No, this except, is just, except just for throwing the, them out. Except for the first one. Okay. The first one is definitely the best. Yes. Opinion. And it's Enter the Dragon. Of course. Of course. Yes. yes. It, I mean, it, it is the best. It is the uh, the best of the best, isn't it? It's. For Do me, you remember seeing it for the first time, Scott? No, I don't because I was a kid growing up and there was this guy called Bruce Lee and this film that would always be on late at night, Central Television, Yeah, and Enter the Dragon. And, you know, it was always just something that you knew about and you knew who Bruce Lee was. So I can't remember the first time I saw it because I probably would have seen it very young watching yeah. it with my dad or something. Of course. And he probably m- might have told me to get out of the room when the, when the boobs came yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, this is my favorite Bruce Lee film because yeah. um, he's really just quite dangerous in it, isn't he? He's pretty mm. dark. It's pretty dark. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, he's like a killing machine in this movie. Yeah. And so it's serious as well. Like he, in, in, in all accounts I've read of what Bruce Lee was actually like, he sounds like he was a pretty, you know, fun guy. <laughs> but his film roles are so intense, and particularly Enter the Dragon, that's quite an intense film. Yeah, that, that's the most in, yeah. intense performance, yeah. yeah. So apparently Way of the Dragon, the way he um, shows himself in Way of the Dragon is the closest mm. to how he was in real yeah. life, according to, to Linda Lee yeah. Cadwell. So um, you look at him in Enter the Dragon, and obviously, I don't know, he, he, he plays it so yeah. mean-spirited. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a revenge mission, yeah. isn't it? And he wants to get back at Bob Wall for what he did yeah. to his sister. Yeah. But just, yeah, the energy that he puts forward in the way he plays the role. And he, he turns it on in most of his films, but in this one, it's dialed up to 11, Absolutely. isn't it? The intensity. Yeah. Is he someone, Scott, um, that you still admire and look up to? Like, would you go back and watch a Bruce Lee film? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. All the time. I mean, obviously the art of filmmaking and the way you shoot fights has improved since then. But mm. he was so ahead of his time in the way he shot stuff. Um, and just his natural charisma and presence is, you know, still not been equaled by anyone. Yeah. I, not even any actor, no actor on the planet for me can come close to Bruce Lee in terms of sheer charisma and screen presence. Mm. It's magnetic. It's incredible. You can't stop yeah. looking at him. Yeah. And every, yeah. you know, every picture you ever see of him, he always looks great. Yeah. He's not, he's never looked Coolest bad. guy in the room. Oh my God. Yeah. Something about that guy. And Brandon had it as well. Yeah. True. True. Brandon had it. Isn't that space. funny? I go down these YouTube holes and I ended up with, I regularly do this. Like there's so many Brandon Lee interviews and you see him promoting, you know, rapid fire on some TV station somewhere. Yeah. He had the looks, he had the charm, he had everything going for him. He had everything. And he was so confident, Mm. such confidence. And to be, to be that age, I mean, yeah, I know know the interviews you're talking about. I was watching one resilient myself. Yeah. I think he was, uh, yeah. Promoting rapid fire. He'd got the long hair, getting ready for the crow. Yeah. He was on some Australian TV show. Yeah, and uh, at the end he goes, "I just want to say hi to my girlfriend." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. So, oh, you swath yeah. devil! <laughs> yeah. But Enter the Dragon is the premier martial arts film. I mean, of course, tournament, sure. um, Mystery Island, and how many times yeah. has that been ripped off? That gave us Bloodsport. That gave us yeah. Mortal Kombat. That is yeah. the standard. Um, you know, the tournament movie has been done so many times because 
That's martial arts, isn't it? People getting together to have a fight. Or don't hit back. Okay, enter the dragon. That's that's a given. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's always the number one. And now I'm going to of course. reel off four more, not in any yep. order, but that sure. I think are some of the best martial arts films ever made. Go for it. Fist of Legend, Jet Li. Yes, great film. For me, it's the finest work of, of Yun Wu Ping. Um, it's not so heavy on the wire work. Yeah. And the choreography is just beautiful. Sublime. The, yeah, sublime. The way it's shot, everything about it. Jet Li at his very best. Jet Li yeah. channeling Bruce Lee, so makes Jet Li even better. Yeah, and and interesting, I think, for that one, for Jet Li, around that time in his career, he had been known for obviously doing, you know, all the wire work stuff. He was, you know, Wong Fei Hong in those those wonderful films. Yeah. I think that was quite a departure for him, wasn't it? Fist of Legends, you know, suddenly he was doing, you know, this grounded, less flamboyant style of action. And yeah, that is, that yeah. is a wonderful well, film. They, they adapted the sort of Bruce Lee's approach in Fist of Fury where his... Uh... More, it was more of a Western style of fighting. Uh, yeah. They're all doing their Chinese Kung Fu and he had more of a Western mentality. So they bring that sure. into this one as well. They've got him uh, jumping around light on his feet like a boxer. But, yeah. but the fights and the story is a story. It's a complete remake, but fights mm. are just, yeah, incredible, especially the end fight. You'll be hard pressed to find an end fight better than that. Okay. Fist of Legend, Enter the Dragon. Yes. And now, for, solid choices so far, Scott. So, well, come on, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number three. And yeah. I'm, again, I'm not. There's, there's no order on this now. Sure. And there's many films that I'm leaving out because there's, you know, there's some good films out there. But just for yeah. today, just for today, yeah. On number three, we're going to say we're going to go Ong back. Yes. Yes. Got to go Ong back. Ong back blew my mind when I saw it <laughs> the first time. Yeah. I had not seen anything like it. I mean, do you remember seeing On Back for the for the first time? Yeah, I do. I remember. I think we'd we'd shot Special Forces, so I'd just done my first yeah. film with Isaac. Yeah, and I'd come to America to do. Um, uh, I think I think I'd just come to stay with Isaac and to do some stuff, and mm. and they showed me the first cut of the movie. And anyway, I think it was uh, Byers Davidson at Millennium Films. Uh, they gave me a copy of Ong Back. So I watched it and was like, Jesus Christ. This is, yeah, I, I was now, here I am as a as a young guy trying to make it in the martial arts film business. Um, so I'm d- looking at Tony Jarre directly as a competitor. And this is the first yeah. time I'm seeing him and I'm like quaking in my boots. Yeah. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what the hell is this guy doing? I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he... Some of the, did you tell did you tell him this when he obviously when you worked with him for triple threat not in so many words but no. spoke enough for him to know how, how much respect i've got for him and yeah it's mutual respect as well he has a lot of respect for me which i appreciate yeah. but you, you need that healthy um you know competitiveness don't you mm. and we had it on triple threat i mean i certainly did yeah, I didn't want, you know, I wanted to look good against Tony Jarre, of course. I don't want him to yeah. show me up. Yeah. So, you know, it lifts your game in a way. Um, but yeah, on, on the back, I guess what 
struck me about it mostly, and I'd been a big fan of Hong Kong cinema anyway, so mm. I certainly was used to seeing people get kicked hard. But I think he took it to another level. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of power that he was hitting people with, and it was so obvious. And yeah, it was obvious that some of the stuntmen were wearing helmets underneath afros or whatever was going on. Yeah. But it was okay because he was leathering them with everything he's got. And the other thing yeah. about Tony Jaa is he's so athletic and he does mm. such incredible uh, gymnastics type kicks. But what I always appreciate about Tony and still to this day is he'll do some crazy move, but then he'll land it with real intent, you know, with a shin bone on the guy's yeah. neck. Yeah. If somebody does some crazy flip and then the, the foot goes past the face and you know, you tell you could tell he didn't hit him. Tony yeah. Tony will do that, but he'll land on the guy's throat. And <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, absolutely. There's definitely trickery involved, you know, when you're filming fight scenes, but that was the first time where it really looks it's such a punishing film. Those early those early Tony Jar films, Warrior King's the same, isn't it? That's yeah. they're just full-on action it's yeah yeah. it's great it's great it's a guy at the peak of his ability um with a lot of drive wanting to show the world what he can do but being supported by an amazing stunt team uh absolutely and all those other stuntmen that were willing just to get hammered for the sake of making tony jar look incredible yeah Um, and they obviously and i know that they shot that film for a long time uh, yeah which you can't you can't do a lot a lot of the time but yeah they certainly spent some time on Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Your number four, Scott? Well, we've got to put Jackie Chan in there. Oh, of course. Yeah, there's so many. I know, I'm interested to see which Jackie Chan film have you have you selected. Well, just my favourite one. Um, yeah. Which which is Armour of God. Interesting, okay. Yeah. But it's so brilliant with the action, yeah. the action that's uh, to behold in this. I mean, obviously, Jackie Chan, when it comes to stunts, is the man, uh, except for Tom Cruise these days. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. But there's a lot of great fights in it as well. When he storms the the castle at the end, when he's taking on all those monks, yes, um, that's some great martial arts stuff there. Brilliant choreography, you know, his athleticism as well. And then when he fights the Amazon women at the end, who yeah, you know, occasionally just turn into Chinese men and then back to <laughs> black women again. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. 
Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a great film as well. And it's Jackie Chan doing Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it's everything, everything works brilliantly in that film. Yeah. And yeah. I, I could have mentioned many other Jackie Chan films. I could have gone for Drunken Master 2. I could have gone for Wheels on Wheels. I could have gone Police Story. Yeah. But Armour of God for me is the one that, I enjoy the most. Was that one of your first Jackie Chan films that you saw? Well, my first experience of Jackie Chan um, was a cutout of The Protector, and they'd made him look like Bruce Lee. Yeah. He had his top off, he was screaming, he was shredded. And I remember looking yeah. at it thinking, who's this Bruce Lee ripoff? Yeah. So then the film came out, and I got it and I watched it, and they tried to make Jackie Chan like Clint Eastwood. And I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't taken by it at all. Because yeah. I hadn't seen the Hong Kong movies at that point because they weren't released in England. Yeah, that's true. And then Police Story came out and then I understood what was going on and who this guy was. Mm. And then mm. it seemed like every month a new Jackie Chan film came out and yeah. they were all his best ones coming out as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Jackie Chan. Okay, Armour of God, Enter the Dragon, Fist of Legend, On Back, and your number five, yeah. Scott, would be? This one may be a surprise. To you. Okay. I'm going to go the original Karate Kid. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Highly influential, though. I mean, that yeah. film in the 80s when that landed, I mean, you know, it just started that whole resurgence in people taking up the martial arts again. That became another big thing. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It really is. And it's a martial arts film through and through. And okay. The fights are not up to the standards of any of the other ones that I'll be talking about tonight. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter because it, it, it's not it's not always about the fights, although mm. it kind of is. But for this particular film, the message of karate and martial arts that, that is given to young people and that particular story that he's going through is, is just beautiful. And as you say, it created... Um, you know, it's been that film has been copied so many times, that sort of storyline. Yeah. And it's a beautiful film. And the music and the performance by by him and yeah. and Pat Marisa, obviously, brilliant, brilliant, amazing performance. And the first time you see the wax on, wax off, paint the fence, all that business. The first time yeah. you see that, that's um I tried to show my daughter the other day and she she wasn't seeing it through my eyes. <laughs> No. I was like, don't you understand how incredible this is? But it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant martial arts film. The message. Yeah, that's quite a family-friendly movie, isn't it? I mean, that is, oh, yeah. that is a good one you can sort of start, you know, if you're trying to get your kids interested in yeah. this world. I mean, that's a good entry point there, isn't it? Yes. I remember having the toy, actually. I think Karate Kid 2 toy. And he okay. would, it would chop through the blocks of ice. Which is great. That's great. That'd be worth quite a bit of money now. And when I was a kid, I don't keep my toys. I'm one, I was one of those kids that, that ruined them, I think. Yeah. Um, when, um, when I was a kid, I looked exactly like Danny LaRusso. Right. Yeah, I had the same hair. He's great in that, isn't he? Ralph Macchio. Great performance. And he's still great in the... I don't know if you've seen any of the Cobra Kai series, Scott. Is that a? Have you seen any of that show? Yeah, I did. I watched season one and I absolutely yep. loved it. And that's when yeah. I was doing It Man 4. So I was in the hotel a lot. So I had time to watch it. Um, I haven't watched the second season for some reason. Yeah. I just... Now's the time to do it, I suppose. Once yeah. I can get the kids to bed. But um, it just shows 
how great those original films were that people remember it and now that that series has done so well and it's the spin that they put on it is is amazing fast wash all the car then wax remember dear no question yeah but I... wax on right hand wax off left hand wax on Wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on. So we've done like the 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 generic ones, the A list, uh, and these are some of the choices from Scott Eikins of martial arts films that are underappreciated. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Here we go then. Have you seen, Ben, a film called Operation Scorpio? Wow. Okay. Now, this is going to be a test for me. That's Otherwise known as the Scorpion King. The Scorpion King. Yes, that's a great choice. Yeah, because um, the martial arts co- coordinator, Lao Gar Leung, his um, choreography in that, and Ching Kar Lok, the star, yeah. who's an underappreciated... He was like... Um, he was like Jackie Chan back in the day. In fact, I think he used to double for Jackie Chan mm. at one point because he looked so much like him. Yeah. Although, yeah, Jackie Chan doesn't have a double. Maybe he's just setting up the shots. <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> we all have a double at some times. Yeah, even because, Jackie. Yeah, because we're not yeah. indestructible. No. But this film has got some of the, the most incredible fight scenes, mostly because of this Wong Jin. Yeah, it's Kim Wong Jin, also known as the Scorpion King, 1992, Chin Kar Lok, Lao Ga and Kim Wong Jin, yes. That's a wonderful show. I had that on, I feel like that was a Hong Kong Legends DVD. Yeah, that, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah, it was. But I remember seeing it when I was in um, China for the first time, making Extreme Challenge, it was on the TV. Wow. I was like, bloody hell, who's this guy and what's this film? Uh, beautifully shot um can't even remember what it's about to be honest but yeah. <laughs> you just people should watch it to see this guy yeah the, kick, the kicks that he comes up with i mean i do the guy the kickers boyka i did it in special forces um and i felt that i had ownership of it because um ug the fight coordinator on special forces he was the guy to do it in the guyver to Dark right. Hero, which I believe was the first time it, it was put on film, and he yeah. performed it and he choreographed it for me. But this guy does the Giver kick, yeah, <laughs> better than anyone. I'd have to look back because I don't think there's too much wires in that film either, is there? I mean, this guy is is no. the he is the real deal. He was doing crazy shit. Like he he'll run and he'll do like a, a gain and land on his feet, jump up and double front kick the guy, yeah. land on yeah. his feet, just crazy kicks. Yeah, um, and he'd move around the ground because it was called the Scorpion King because he had the way he'd sort of scuttle on the ground with one leg in the air, wouldn't he? As if it was like a scorpion tail. That's um, it. He'd yeah. On the scorpion attack, he'd get that yeah. foot up at the back. Um, incredible, amazing, performer. brilliant. Yeah. Okay, there you go. The Scorpion King. That's a great choice, there, Scott. Yeah. Okay. Next choice. Hang on a minute. I wrote them down. <laughs> right. This is this is an odd one. But brilliant. Okay. And this is a this is a guilty pleasure as well because I'm aware of how shockingly bad this movie is, <laughs> but I'm also aware of how shockingly brilliant it is. Have you ever seen Breathing Fire? 
I have. I sp- I um I interviewed because I had Jerry Trimble on the on the show. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about breathing fire, and oh. to the point where I think it, he may have, may have been like, "Okay, we can we can move on from this now." <laughs> it's a great film. What a great film! Yes, it it's is a good brilliant. film, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Um, Jonathan Key Kwan, who's the little kid from Temple of Doom, and he's in the Goonies, and he yeah. does a bit of kung fu in that, right? Yeah. But how brilliant was he in that movie? Wonderful. As an, he's a great actor. Yeah. And he had the moves. He did. But yeah. he did. So why didn't he do more stuff like that? Yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. No, I know. Was great. It was a taekwondo movie, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, I don't know if he's a yeah, taekwondo Yeah, he had that karate kid uh, yeah. going on where there's yeah. a tournament at the end. And I remember they sold it as a, a Bolo Young starring movie, but he's he's the bad guy. Yeah. But he was yeah. the only guy on the on the front of the, the video cover because, yeah. you know, we all knew him from Bloodsport or whatever. That's right. But yeah, um, yeah, Jonathan Key Kwan, and then I don't know the, the other lad's name, uh, but they're like uh, sort of brothers, or he, you know, obviously they're not real brothers. But then you've got the girl, and they both fancy the girl, and they fall out with each other. That's right. And it was a ludicrous story, but the fights for the time, they were they were on another level. When do you remember seeing that one then for the first time? That would have been that's like early night. That's like VHS days, isn't it? You know what I used to do when I was younger? I was that obsessed with films that I would find like a video store. When I got a car, I would like, okay, I would look to see what where there's video stores that I might not have been to. Not like blockbusters who've got all the same stuff, but yeah. a video store that might have a different collection of things. Yeah. So I remember finding this one. It was a bit of a drive and I went there and I'm looking around and I'm seeing breathing fire. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Polo Young. I'll give that a go. And I just thought it was great. And the other thing about it is the music, which is the same guy that did the music for Kitboxer, Paul Herzog. Oh, really? Yeah. Great music. Breathing Fire is from 1991. Directed by Lou Kennedy, his directorial debut. Brandon D. Wilde, and starring Jonathan Kwan, Ed Neal and Jerry Trimble. Jerry was the <laughs> very, very over-the-top bad guy. And there you go, Tan Tao Liang, he executive produced it. Well, there you go then. So that would explain... The Taekwondo connection, I guess. But there you go. So Tan Tao Liang, yeah, from the old uh, Hong Kong movies, a, a super kicker, wonderful kicks. But apparently he wrote the film and was executive producer, but under a pseudonym of Delon Tanners. There you go. <laughs> All right. Whoever directed those fights was, they knew something that most people didn't at that yeah. time. Bolo Young of Enter the Dragon and Bloodsport. Jerry Trimble, world welterweight kickboxing champion. Jonathan G. Kwan of Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Ah! Breathing fire. We are uh, talking about the films that people may have missed in martial arts cinema. Scott, what's your next choice on, on your list there? Yeah, so I think maybe people will have seen this. Sure. But it is it is underappreciated because it's it's a Donnie Yen film before Ip Man. Yeah. And every, everyone, a lot of people think that the Donnie Yen begins at Ip Man, but oh no, it does not. No. How could you? How could you miss out something like In the Line of Duty Four? Mm. That is a great martial arts film. Great. Again, Yun Wu Ping. I like Yun Wu Ping when it when it's less wire work. Yeah. That's when I think 
he's at his best, man. You've recently worked with Yen Ping. Did you manage to spend time with him, Scott, or was it very much down to business? <laughs> um, yeah, down to business. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's got very limited English. Yes. Even though he's done a lot of American films now. Yeah. But um, yeah, very limited English. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's, a fun, he's a funny guy, but, you know, he, he is a master. He is the master. Mm. It's funny, he has this, has this assistant that follows him around. And uh, he might be uh, smoking a cigarette um, and the ashes dropping on the floor of the mats on the set. And there's some guy cleaning up the, the ash running around after him or picking up bits of his sandwiches. It's, uh, it's quite amusing to see. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to talk much, but I, I just wanted to learn as much as I, I could from him because I do think that he is probably the greatest. Mm. And for, for me, I love the way he shoots the action. Personally, I think... For me, he shoots the action the best. Yeah. It's very much beautifully framed in a specific way that makes the action look as, as good and as pristine as possible. Yeah. And obviously, he's, he's great with the kung fu stuff and the wire work and everything. Just amazing knowledge. The framing, though, to me, the, the framing. Yeah. The way he likes to capture the action, um, he'll try and get hits to work from an angle that really it shouldn't, mm. but he, he'll, he'll make it so that it, the technique, you can see that the technique land, but it's framed in the most beautifully beautiful way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Was that what you noticed that you took home from that experience? I know you'd worked with him, you know, several years before that as well. So well, I didn't appreciate, um, I, I felt like I'd worked with him twice before cause yeah. I was in, I did black mass two yeah. and then unleashed yeah, um, and even course. though at the time I feel like I was paying as much attention as I possibly could, and I'm sure subliminally a lot of it went in, uh, but this particular time I was like, oh, I'm really going to actively pay attention now mm, mm. Uh, and to learn as much as I can from this guy. Yen Wu Ping's, you know, discovered Donnie Yen. His very first film, Drunken Tai Chi, was a was a Yen yeah. Wu Ping film. Did you notice a, a shorthand, a camaraderie between the two of them when you were doing It Man Four? That must have been wonderful too. Of witness oh, yeah. those two working Absol- together absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely um and you know he tr- donnie yen trusts him implicitly um i tell you so donnie yen told me something interesting about the way they used to shoot films back in those days like for in the line of duty four and tiger coach two yeah yeah and i couldn't believe it when he told me but he said that they didn't have proper playback they didn't have playback right. they only had whoever was looking through the lens they had to trust if they said, yeah, the hit was a hit, then they had to trust them. So what they ended up doing was like 10, 11, 20 takes just to make sure that they definitely had it. Wow. Because they didn't actually know until they developed the film and could look at it the next day. And maybe they're not at that location. So it was even harder to do what they did back yeah. then. I'm yeah. glad I'm doing it now and not back then. Cause that, Jesus. But there's, there's great fights in In the Line of Duty brilliant fights throughout the whole movie yep. especially the one on the roof with yeah. uh, My- michael woods my yes yes yeah good old michael woods yeah and he, ki- he kicks him in the chest and he goes back and he goes good kick scum <laughs> i love that bit <laughs> <laughs> okay so did you have a, a another one as well to to share another two <laughs> fantastic right. ready ready for this one yeah go for this it this is very underappreciated yeah brilliant martial arts film that every martial arts fan should see. Sure. And I'm hoping that you've seen it, Ben. 
Yeah, <laughs> I hope I have. <laughs> All right. Kuru Obi, Black Belt. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Black Belt. Yes, I have seen that. Now, it's a bit hazy in my memory as well. And I was just thinking about this list, thinking I need to watch this film again because the first time I watched it, I loved it. And what impressed me so much about it was that it's a very simple story. Yeah very elegantly told but the two leads they are they are real karate masters that's right yes this is a film which is very much centered around the philosophy the discipline of karate isn't it this is performed by genuine you know karate masters you know it's a genuine it's a real authentic film isn't it it's very authentic yes there's there's nothing flashy about the fights Mm. Um, it's all proper karate techniques, uh, but it's, it's done impeccably by, you know, the, the, the real guys. And actually, uh, the action coordinator was Akihiro Noguchi, who I know him as Yuji, who yeah. was the um, fight coordinator for Special Forces and Ninja. Yeah. That I did with Isaac. Um, and actually, this film was before Ninja, uh, and it was that long ago that I watched it, actually. I need to watch it again. But it's a brilliant movie, and we sort of took that style a little bit for Ninja mm. uh, that Yuji uh, did for that. And actually, in retrospect, it was a bit of a mistake because Ninja needed to be a bit more flamboyant. Mm. Um, but people should check it out because it's a really, really good martial arts film. Scott, you've got one more film, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people will have seen this. Yeah, and I used to. Oh, I abused this as a kid. <laughs> I watched it a lot. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan. <laughs> of all the No Retreat, No Surrender films. Yes. And I didn't want to say the first No Retreat, No Surrender because it's basically the poor man's karate kid. Sure. But I love it. It's anyway. great though. It is good. Let's quickly talk about No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, because yeah. That, the whole thing of having Bruce Lee's ghost come to train you. <laughs> I, did we speak about this? Was it me and we you? May, we well, may I have lived, done, yeah. yeah. I lived that out in my garage as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I we all did. Jason Stilwell, yeah. 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 But, I mean, but anyway... No Retreat, No Surrender 2, mate. That's what we're talking about now. Great, yes. Absolutely. Raging Thunder. Raging Thunder, indeed. Raging it was, mate. Raging. Yeah. <laughs> I love that film as a kid. Oh, my God. I, I had it on VHS. And yes, that was one of those that I did um, watch a lot. I mean, do you? when did you see that film for the first time? I remember seeing No Retreat, No Surrender and loving it. Yeah. Um, then I guess Van Damme came along. Yeah. And then around that time, No Truth, No Surrender 2 came out, and it was Lauren Avedon. That's right. Who's, who's brilliant in the film. Yeah. Um, it's he likes, to go over, he likes to go over the top with the acting sometimes, but <laughs> hey, I can't talk. I like to do that <laughs> myself. Um, but he, he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I should technique. say, I, I spoke to him literally uh, two days ago, three days ago for this, oh, for the podcast, singing, oh, singing your praises, Scott. He spent about oh, well, five minutes talk, sing, talking about you. <laughs> let me sing his praises as well. Yeah. I got to meet him at the Aston Villa Leisure Centre for Clash of the Titans. Oh, which, I'm wow. from Birmingham, so they did Clash of the Titans. It was a martial arts illustrated uh, thing, I think. And I went down there and I, got his, I ran out and got his autograph. And I remember saying, thanks for the autograph, Lauren. And I I just remember him saying, you got it, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. 
now we're talking about someone with some seriously good uh, kicking skills. I mean, you know, Lauren was uh, was great in those seasonal films. No Retreat, Surrender 2, but also No Retreat, Surrender 3 and King of the Kickbox as well. Those three films, just yeah. great. Brilliant. I mean, yeah, there's some terrible acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's goofs in there. There's mistakes. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter because they're so much fun. Yeah. And I almost want to make one of those films myself. <laughs> you should. It's brilliant, man. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's mistakes in there that you can have a good laugh about. Yeah. <laughs> a bad actor. But something about it, it's like that film, The Room, right? Yeah. People, lo- people love that movie. That's right. And is it because it's so bad or is it because it's so good? <laughs> but but- the, the, the No Tree, No Surrender films... As, as you know they they're a bit dodgy with the acting you know it's no surprise saying that mm. but when it came to the the martial arts it was top notch well they had great people working on those films you had Corey ewan was doing no retreat no surrender 2 i believe yeah yeah that's right Quine jane lee's in there he's uh he's a baddie yeah. in it cynthia rothrock who was you know, she'd just done her, her time in Hong Kong, so she was match fit. She's at a, you know, she's excellent in that film. What a great fun movie that is. It's a really fun film. And yeah, the those guys, seasonal films, I, they, they were trying to crack the American market, yeah. the video market. I mean, it was made straight for video, I mm-hmm. believe, which was, you know, back in those days, there was a lot of money to be made. Yeah. And they would bring in Hong Kong film directors. Hong Kong action directors to direct these American scripts. Um, and, you know, it wasn't long after that film, but the first sort of brush with the film industry that I ever had, I was about 18 and my uncle had some air miles and um, Keith W. Strandberg, who was a producer and writer of sure. No Tree, No Surrender films. Yeah. Um, and his group of guys, Keith Vitale, they were putting on this American martial arts filmmaking seminar it was in atlanta and so i was about 18 it's first time i'd ever been abroad uh, that far anyway i think mm. i've been to spain mm. um my mom was worried about me but i got myself over there and i, I met those guys and i did the whole weekend training course and i impressed them and then they were going to make blood moon i think yes gary daniels yeah and keith offered me a part in blood moon um, but what happened was they'd used up all the uh, the work permits for the Chinese crew and they weren't able to bring me over. Oh. Uh, I was almost in a Keith Strandberg movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember China O'Brien coming out. Yeah. I rem- that's the first time I saw Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah. Uh, I remember meeting Cynthia Rothrock at the blockbuster video that I eventually ended up working at in right. Erdington. She, she was brought down there by Bay Logan. And I went down to meet Cynthia Rothrock, and she wow. wrote. She was. She was. I told her what I wanted to do, and she uh, gave me an autograph saying, "I will see you in the movies." <laughs> wow, that's cool. So she knew. Yeah, yeah. Very, very smart lady. The Dragon Lady. The dra- <laughs> <laughs> there's some wonderful films in that list, Scott, and yes, yeah, some guilty pleasures. But I don't know whether there's nothing guilty about enjoying. <laughs> No, no retreat, no surrender to that's fine. I think that's perfectly acceptable. And I, I don't mean to like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when I say that the, the act is bad and everything. Yeah. It's bad, but it's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's These films are so enjoyable. 
I love them. Yeah. I just want to get that clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, this all comes from a, a place of love. <laughs> yeah, the, um, these are the movies I grew up watching. Yeah. And, and I want to do a No Retreat, No Surrender film. You do, you have mentioned before when we chatted about eventually going into directing and moving into that area. I mean, is that that is something that you still see in you know further down the line, Scott? Absolutely, yeah. But it's yeah. it's difficult because I'll probably have to be in it, and um, it's very tiring anyway. Making a, a martial arts film, action film, yeah, and as if well I'm as directing it as well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I just need to get on with it and take the lead. But it, it's it's nerve wracking as well because you, you want to make sure it's good. Yeah. But also, having not done it before, maybe you're going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you hope that you're yeah. going to be good. No, I think I'd I think I'd do it okay. I'll tell you I'll tell you this, and I'm telling it to your listeners as well. Sure. Um, through years of making movies, when I started, I always felt like you know I would see a director do something. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do it that way. But he's the director; he knows better than me. He must be right. And then the film would come out, and I think I knew I should have. I would have done it a different way, and yeah. I would have been right. And then the more movies I've done, I've realised that I've actually got very good filmmaking instincts. Yeah. So yeah. that, that's why I want to do it. The fortress is impenetrable. The opponents are unpredictable. The commander is invincible. But they are unbelievable. The enemy doesn't stand a chance. No retreat, no surrender too. Scott, before I let you go, a quick catch up on what you've got coming up. Debt Collectors is finally here. Yeah, I don't know why they just can't call it Debt Collector 2. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I know, it's slightly it's slightly confusing. You've got the Debt Collector and yeah, the sequel called see Debt Collector. Yeah, there's people already going, oh, I've seen that. Yes, yes. So I don't know why they do things like that. I think it's stupid. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So but is it a sequel? These are, these are those filmmaking instincts I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of question marks about, well, we, we, we died at the end of the other one. Yes. Well, here's the thing. I had such a great time working with Lewis Mandalore yeah. and, of course, Jesse Johnson and having that world and, and the, the whole tone of the movie. I really wanted to do it again. And I was, in hindsight, could we have made The Debt Collector again? I would not have had them meet that ending mm. you know the the original script was a lot darker and then when i came on to do it we worked on the script we made it much lighter mm. and more of a buddy buddy thing and made my my characters originally they were both hardened debt collectors and i said let's kind of do a bit of a training day on it and make it be my character's first day on the job and yeah. he's making me do all the work and we'll have that you know that sort of tension between us and it worked brilliantly um, but it was almost like the end of the original movie stayed as it was. Mm. Um, so I'm almost asking, we're, we're almost asking um, <laughs> people to kind of... Forget how forget, the, the first one ended. Yeah, okay. Forget, forget the fact that you saw my heart explode out, <laughs> yeah. out of my back. <laughs> And and uh, Lewis do his last death rattle. Sure, but actually, no, we didn't. We didn't die. 
Great. Now, Lewis's character, he, he almost died. In fact, he died three times on the slab. Yeah. But he kept coming back because he's a fighter. Yeah. He's a fighter. Okay, and my character... Anyway, I won't get into it, but... Well, look, it's... it's if, if you can get over that speed hump. Yeah. If you get over that, then you're in for another good ride. Yeah. Um, I I love that but I, film. I said to the producers, I said to the producers, let's shoot the end of the first one again and uh, have it be a dream <laughs> like Dallas. <laughs> and uh, we can shoot the end again and it has a different uh, sure. result. But they were like, no, you can't piss all over the first film. So we're not, we're not pissing over it. We're just... You know, doing it a little bit different for the yeah, second one. Slight anyway. adjustment. You've got a great chemistry with Lewis Mandela. Even his small part in Avengement, that was lovely just to have him in there, have the two of you on screen together again. He's great to work with, obviously. Yeah, he's yeah. a brilliant actor and he'll elevate me and he'll elevate the scene. And he's great to have around. He's uh, he's very, um, you know, he's a real team player. Yeah. Uh, but more than that, it's... A lot of the times I don't keep in contact with the people you work with. You have very strong bonds while you're working and then, you know, you, you drift apart. You, you don't, sometimes you don't sure. speak to them for ages, but me and Lewis, we've stayed very close. Um, we, we really get on and Great. that comes across on screen, I yeah. guess. Yeah. We should also say Legacy of Lies at some point this year. I don't think there's a release date yet on Legacy well, I of think Lies. It's, I think it's going to be July. July. Oh, great. That's yes. soon. Okay. Yes, that's cool. pretty soon. Have you seen uh, that? Have you seen a version of it? Yes, I'm very yeah. happy. With it. Very happy with it. Cool. It's okay. a bit, bit of a difference. Um, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a change of pace. We've you know got fair amounts of action in there, but it's uh, very much um, it's a, it's a little bit different. But I'm I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Turned out really well. Yeah. Good. Good. And then Max Cloud, you can't yeah. get much more different than that. I know. So I saw some more stills for this today actually. Is this for your for your kids this one? Is more of a family friendly uh movie? It's family friendly with an edge, I'd say. Sure. Okay. Bit okay. of an edge. But I did show the trailer to my daughter and yeah. she was like, That looks incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you actually go to space, Daddy? <laughs> yes, we did. She understands what what you do, or is it still kind of strange for her? Does she know that you make films for a living? Yeah, but she's yeah. just not fussed about it. Yeah, she's not, okay. She's not really interested. Sure. It's like that's what Daddy does, and yeah, whatever. Uh, can I listen to my iPad? Yeah. <laughs> she's not bothered. And of course, Castle Falls, whenever that picks up again, that looks very exciting indeed. And reuniting with Dolph. Did you catch up with Dolph when you when you were out there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dolph. We've always got on he's a good guy. And uh got a lot of time for him and he wanted to you know, there was something we were trying to do together before and you know, both our names together uh, got this one off the ground and Happy to be working with him again. Yeah, yeah, amazing. We just need to, we just need to, you know, get, get it made. Get, yeah. <laughs> God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Scott, thank you so much for your time this evening. This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. So th- thank you very much for sharing that and obviously sharing your your favourite martial arts films. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone's going to, but please check out Extraction as it's great and it's directed by my good friend Sam Hargrave. Yeah. 
and wow i watched it last night yeah I really enjoyed it. We, we saw it too it's really it's great isn't it it's fantastic oh it's uh, action filmmaking at its best brilliant yeah. stuff brilliant yeah. stuff scott thank you so much and uh you know stay healthy and stay safe and stay sane <laughs> throughout all of this uh this strange time that we're going through you too ben you too mate see ya There we go. Scott Adkins there. Thank you so much, Scott, for talking to me. Always a pleasure to chat to the hardest working man in martial arts movies. Really enjoyed having that chat with Scott and finding out his favourite martial arts films. Many of those titles, I'm sure, are already familiar to you. But if not, and you do want to hunt them down and watch them during this period of self-isolation then here is where you can find them for this i have used a website called just watch and this is where you can find these films in the uk only so enter the dragon is available to rent now on netflix google play itunes rockerton tv youtube and microsoft store i couldn't find a digital link for fist of legend Ongback or Armour of God, but if you go to Amazon, there are DVDs and Blu-rays of each of those titles. The Karate Kid is available to stream now on Now TV. The Scorpion King, also known as Operation Scorpio, and it is quite important to make that distinction because obviously a lot of links to the Scorpion King do go to the film starring The Rock, or indeed its many sequels. <laughs> so you're looking for the 1991 Lao Ga Lung film called Operation Scorpio or The Scorpion King. It is quite hard to track that film down now in the UK. I couldn't find a streaming link for it, but there is still copies of the Hong Kong Legends DVD of The Scorpion King out there on Amazon that I noticed. Obviously, they're secondhand, but it's well worth getting your hands on that title if you haven't seen it. Breathing Fire from 1991. The whole film has actually been uploaded to YouTube. Uh, it's not perfect, I know, but it is out there, as has In the Line of Duty 4. Black Bout is a Japanese film from 2007. It's also known as Kuru Obi. And... Again, it's important to make that distinction because there is a Don the Dragon Wilson film from 1992 called Black Belt, so not to be confused with that film. There is a DVD available of Black Belt, which is on Amazon, and No Retreat, No Surrender 2, Raging Thunder. Again, the full film has been uploaded to YouTube. YouTube is actually a bit of a treasure trove when it comes to finding full-length kung fu movies, although I'm always a little bit weary about recommending YouTube to you guys as a resource for films on this podcast just because of the various legalities surrounding it. But hey, as a public service, if you do want to see those films that were mentioned, there are versions of them out there that people have uploaded to YouTube. So yes, a great list there from Scott, I'm sure you will agree. His new film is called Debt Collectors. It is available on digital services from the 29th of May and on DVD from the 2nd of June in the USA, courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn Films. It is released in the UK under the title Payback. 
and it will be released on digital from the 8th of June and on DVD from the 9th of July, courtesy of Dazzler Media. I will add a link to the trailer to Debt Collectors in the description of this podcast and as I mentioned earlier, our review of the film will go up on our website as soon as we're allowed to do so. Head over to kungfumovieguide.com to read our thoughts on that film. And if you do want the latest Scott Adkins news, then do be sure to follow him on social media. He is on Instagram under the name at the Scott Adkins. Okay, there we are then. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way to the very end of this show. Thank you so much. I will be back in two weeks' time with another new episode of the podcast, but in the meantime, all it remains for me to say is a really big thank you to Maria Tran and Scott Adkins. A huge thank you also to George Dennis for his technical support on this episode, and a huge thank you to you, the loyal Foo followers, for listening to this show. Remember, if you do like what you hear, then please do tell your friends, write a review, leave a star rating and subscribe to the show using your podcast provider. That is the only way to make sure that you never miss a brand new episode of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Okay, until we meet again, take very good care, stay home, stay safe, And I will see you next time on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Bye for now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.